Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And today we have a really special episode. If you listened to the last one, uh, you know what we got coming for you. But we are joined today by Chris Maselli, host of Locked On Avalanche, whose uh, his podcast today was probably a little more somber than ours. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot for joining us, Chris. Thank you, guys. Uh, I just want to make sure we're like at like a secure location or like you don't have gps on me or anything like that because to send all the 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 torches and pitchforks (laughs) yes i think think i've uh, struck a chord with the uh, the blues faithful yeah so if any of you saw a particular tweet going around twitter last night that we're calling the blues the better of two bad teams that was this guy right here uh (laughs) i was chris The, the tweet that you all hated last night that was him (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, um, to back up my fellow Blues fans, I think I talked to you a little bit about this, Chris, beforehand, but um, I feel like St. Louis as a whole has just kind of taken on the toll of being overlooked by so many cities um, and really the national media as a whole until we won the Stanley Cup, at least, um, mm-hmm. and kind of feeling like the little brother of Chicago constantly because they would always bring up three cups in six years or whatever. Um, and I feel like that kind of stems into um, the hardcore Twitter of – put some respect on our name you know what i'm saying so i think that's where all the animosity stemmed from not necessarily directed at you you were just kind of in the crossfire if that makes i sense. was the punching bag <laughs> exactly uh, exactly yeah. yeah so and, and here's the thing like i uh if, if you listened to my show like i gave all the credit to the blues and i even said that i even said like i, I think you know if the avalanche were so naive to think that the blues weren't going to come out firing just because it was game number one they were sadly mistaken and because of that exact reason i think they're sick and tired of hearing the favorites are the colorado avalanche i think a lot of people are here sick of hearing that because they haven't done anything they haven't proven anything they've gotten to the second round of the playoffs and that's pretty much it so i think you know it's it's understandable it's warranted and the thing is like i didn't I wasn't looking for all of that flack. Trust me. And, and, you know, I've got you right. And, you know, my, my, I've had 230 episodes and your faithful probably hasn't ever even heard of me until yesterday. (laughs) So, you know, like I don't like upset the apple cart or anything. And I look at sports a completely different way. Like I, I don't, I don't go after specific teams or, you know, I'll go after specific players. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, Brad Martian. And um, I like it. I like it. (laughs) Off to a good start. (laughs) <laughs> but but the, the way that I look at things, like, for example, like when the Avalanche played the Dallas Stars last in, last year in the in the playoffs and game seven lost in overtime for maybe 10 seconds after I, you know, threw my hands up to the gods and was like, oh, why? I had a smile on my face. And the reason is because, like, you don't have that feeling in any other part of your life than right then and there. And to me, that's like special. I I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I was, yeah, I was pissed off that my team didn't win, but I wasn't like self wallowing in pity. It was, and that was an entertaining game as hell. 
and I and I watched a fantastic fight. So um, I, I I don't put that stuff out there to get people riled up, but I totally understand why it does. Yeah, and I think it's kind of the the nature of, of hockey as a sport. You know, I go back to so I'm actually you mentioned Brad Marchand. I am uh, from. In current, still living in with my family, uh, Massachusetts, close to Boston. Oh, okay. So everyone else in my house and my area are Bruins fans. So it, it kind of reminds me of like the whole, you know, during the cup final two years ago, uh, my mom had to watch my dad, my friend and I all, you know, try to bite each other's heads off for two hours between puck drop and final buzzer. But then after that, you know, we're drinking a beer together, having a great time. So I, right. yeah, it's, it's part of the, it's part of what makes it so fun is, you know, sending chirps here and there, sure. and, you know, especially, especially considering we're playing each other, what, seven more times this season. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. And, and, and those I'm sure, you know, next, next time the, the, the abs whoop the blues, cause it's inevitably going to happen with that many mashups. I'm sure I'll send a tweet that might end up on abs Twitter. And, and give me a little, <laughs> Oh, there is, there is going to be payback at some point. I can, I can I'm get sure. to that. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I'm not even I'm talking not. payback on the ice. I'm talking on the Twitter sphere. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. I respect yeah. it. I respect yeah. it. But I also, <laughs> think, I also think what you were saying about um, like essentially that the Avs haven't done anything yet except like go pretty deep in the playoffs. Um, I think that kind of range true with how um, Blues fans essentially felt about uh, their Stanley Cup team because everyone mm-hmm. had us touted as Stanley Cup favorites um, and because like on paper we were stacked right and I feel like you guys on paper are absolutely stacked it's just a matter of putting everything together and getting the ball rolling and if you remember uh, because <laughs> Blues fans won't let you forget it but we went from last to first um, mm-hmm. and we were talking about tanking we were talking about Lewis for Hughes everybody throwing shit at the window uh, left, left and right oh man it was it was a circus that entire year but it, it ended up in our favor obviously um, so yeah. I don't think it's it's fair for either side to say oh Avalanche is a wash like after game one by any means well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like all of this, uh, you know, jabbing back and forth is after one game, right? Which is great. Which I love that. It's, I mean, f- fans are passionate, and you know, we've been waiting a long time for hockey, and uh, so I, I get all that. And um, yeah, I mean, the Avalanche. And when I, when I said you know the the Blues were the better of the bad teams, I I wasn't trying to say the Blues played bad. Uh, you know what I mean? And. and you only have what is it 170 characters to uh get oh, your get, get your tweet out although mine was in a graphic so that really doesn't make any sense but um but so the the point i was trying to make was like neither one of those teams in my opinion and in my viewing really like you you're not gonna you're not gonna hang your hat on this game you know th- there was some back and forth avalanche looked really good in the first 10 minutes and then garbage and then held their own in the second and then the third was kind of like even and you know they and every a lot of people were kind of you know up in arms about you know me saying they took advantage of the mistakes which is true you know colorado the last two goals they gave up were awful turnovers behind their own net so you know they they but but st louis took advantage of them and you know and then you hear well good teams do that yeah any team should do that (laughs) any team should take advantage of of stupid mistakes and silly mistakes and to st louis's credit they did but was i fearful of how st louis was playing maybe on the defensive end maybe that's where my frustration was coming from was i wasn't watching that game think like telling myself the blues are going to win this game because they're just on point tonight 
that'll happen in the future. The blue, I mean, you know, teams will figure all this stuff out and, and they'll be on point and you'll watch a game and just be like, no, you're not getting by these guys. But I told myself the blues were going to win this game because the abs couldn't get out of their own damn way last night. So yeah. it was, it was just a different viewing experience for, for watching game number one. I was kind of expecting something like that because the abs are a fast team. And when you don't have timing down and you're a fast team, uh, it's going to be ugly for maybe even Friday. I don't know. Good stuff from Chris there. Uh, but we got to take a short break. Uh, like we mentioned on this episode, the Blues and the Avs play again Friday night. So if you're confident that the Blues are going to take a vic- take another victory and you want to put your money where your mouth is, make some money off of that prediction, there is no better place to do that than betonline.ag. Uh, like we said, there's only one place that has you covered for all your sports best and one place that we trust. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account online.ag and if you use that promo code locked on you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit so hockey season's getting started right now football season's wrapping up all sorts of bets to be made college basketball is going on whatever it may be whatever your sports betting needs may be betonline.ag is your one-stop shop for anything so don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit on betonline.ag AG, your online sports book experts, and we will be right back with the second half of this episode. I mean, I think it, it kind of all goes back to, you know, we, we, we were talking about it all offseason, especially after the divisions came out. Um, I think the, the Blues, Abs, and Golden Knights are the three clear front runners um, sure. in that division. And I don't think that there's really much of any separation between the three. I think any, any of those teams could win the division. I think they're all going to go like four and four against each other. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. And, and I think, I think it just kind of goes to show that, you know, especially playing teams seven, eight times a year, you're going to get some drastically different results you know who knows we could see the abs go out and win six nothing on friday because like you said a, a team being on point there might not be a scarier team to have that than than the colorado avalanche that's true um, and i fully expect if it's not friday i fully expect there to be a, a blowout coming from coming from you guys at some point just because of the nature of it and that's um, going to be the beauty of this season is exactly exactly because you know you you, you don't you don't go weeks or months between playing each other. It's it, it's going to be a, a week or so. You know what I mean? It's just going to be really quickly the turnaround that you play these guys. And because it's kind of like baseball style scheduling, uh, I'm really excited for the you know tonight's game to to see what the Avalanche do to to change all of the miserableness that ha- that came about of the first game between these two. So I agree. It really is going to take into consideration like just how much uh, the coaching and like you said, the adjustments uh, will take into play with these teams and really what coaches in the league are above and beyond like head and shoulders uh, better than some others. But to kind of expand on what you were saying about the mistakes, um, Mm -hmm. I I would agree that most most, uh, teams should uh, capitalize on those mistakes, but I would also um, in favor of the Blues argue that they make those mistakes happen more than other teams just because of their relentless forecheck. Because I remember one goal in particular, uh, I believe it was the Kyle Clifford goal, but uh, Barbashev is obviously one of our little wrecking balls on the fourth line. He goes flying behind the net. Um, I believe Graves is back there, sees him come and tries to get out of his way, and the puck just kind of 
sitting there for a while. Blues pick it up, swing it in front. Kyle Clifford's right there and pots it in the net. So it's not to say that that goal isn't a mistake because I believe it is, but I think that mistake is essentially forced by the forechecking of the St. Louis Blues. So that's to their credit, but I get what you're saying as well in that regard. Yeah, I mean, and there's two ways to look at every situation. So, and I don't want to, I don't want to make light or or make excuses for the Avalanche. And um, I went back and watched portions of that game. I haven't watched it all the way through yet, uh, but that could very well be true. Like when I was just watching, you know, in real time, live, um, you know, the the last two goals that the Blues got just seemed like, you know brain disasters from from the avalanche uh but you're right you're right i mean there could be something there that was causing the avalanche to have those screw-ups uh and and credit the blues even more for that if that was the case yeah definitely i think you could see it in in the the body language at the of the Avs players too is because i think they're working their ass off which is what playing the blues kind of forces you to do and then like you said it's just the one little mistake here and there and the blues get you know two the last two goals were i don't want to say easy but you know i'm sure for nhl players player standards are sure. some easier goals they've scored in their lives right. um and it's got to be frustrating to be on the opposition and do every little thing right and then you make one little error behind your own net and all of a sudden <laughs> it's like a, it's like a slam dunk on your you know it's like what yeah what do you expect grubauer to even do there right. I, I can imagine it's frustrating um but like you said like we're gonna keep hitting on i'm sure this entire season there yeah. is nothing more uh exhilarating and, and redeeming than getting really frustrated by a team and then going out and beating them next time or the time yeah. after that or the time after that it's gonna right. be a fun year and that's the beauty of hockey is like you just you can have a, a period where everything is working except getting the puck in net and then you, you know one little you know skip of the puck and you know the team that's been down the entire period has a breakaway scores a goal and all that momentum is just shot dead and that, that's what i love about it and and i felt like the avalanche were kind of trending in that direction in the second they kind of changed things around in the second and it was just you know the the defense from the blues was their i think their best attribute in that game and bennington was you weren't getting anything by him so and, and even the goal that they did score was kind of accidental um i think it was kadri tried to stop it with his with his skate and it kind of went through um, right it looked like that pass was almost yeah meant for somebody else, and then it just kind yeah, of I don't think it over was. to Burkowski. I don't think it was. So, but then that, I just love the the minute things of of hockey. That's why it's just the greatest sport because it can be favoring one team for so long, and just like that, the the tide can turn. Yeah. So uh, um, you, I know you mentioned uh, like adjustments and all that. Um, so that being said, the the Blues and Avalanche play again tomorrow. At the time of recording today, at the time you'll be listening to this episode. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, yeah, so Blues Avs Friday night, um, quick turnaround. What adjustments do you think are most important for the Avalanche to make based on what you saw? And also, we do a little segment here, uh, locked on player of the game. So like the most important player heading into a, a night, whether it be a superstar or a fourth line guy. So mm-hmm. I ask you what, do you, what do you think the most important adjustments are? And then who would be your locked on player of the game for, for the Avalanche come, come Friday night's game? Jared Bednar has already said that he is bringing Gabe Landeskog back up to the first line. Uh, all through training camp, it had been he had been on the second line with Brandon Saad mm-hmm. and, and Kadri. Um, and in the second period of the first game, he kind of he brought him back up to the first line in the second 
sporadically. But he said um, at a press conference that he's he's going back up to the McKinnon Rantanen line, um, and that that'll be fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that. That. <laughs> that that second line, in a way, I get it. I mean, those guys are so good together. Um, but I loved in training camp when they were saying Burkowski was going to be on the top line. I think he's going to have a fantastic season, and um, I I loved having. Landeskog on the second line with Saad and Kadri. I thought it shored up that second line more. Um, and I think he's jumping the gun too quickly. But when, like we were talking about this baseball style of schedule, because you're playing the blues, maybe you have to do it now. And, you know, if you were going on to play another team, maybe you don't do it, but you have to show them different looks. So um, that second line, the Landeskog, Saad and Kadri line was a minus 10. So you can't keep that line together going into the next game. That's brutal. So from, um, you know, a a, a line standpoint, that's a change. Just from a a playing standpoint, I I don't know if they really need to change too much. Maybe figure out a way to get a little bit more time and space because the Blues were giving them nothing. Um, But it's just I I, I, I really just chalk game one up to for the Avalanche anyway, just – you know, breaking the rust off. And I think, you know, him doing the thing with just changing lines a little bit um, and, and, you know, going back to their big three line, uh, just play your game. I don't think you have to blow this thing up after for one game. Um, Cause if you really break it down, it was, it was a good game. It was a close game. I just thought it was all over the place for them. So they just have to, for for a team that's so fast to tell them to like slow things down just a bit is kind of like going against the grain for them. So we'll see if they do that just to get into the flow and then go from there. Because that's what we talk about a lot, especially last season when we were like, oh, like anytime we play the Avalanche, uh, especially with the system that the Blues run, it's like don't turn it into a track meet because that's how you lose against the Avalanche. So like slow it down, play physical, um, force yeah. them to make mistakes essentially. Um, but it felt like the Blues last game played a little bit faster um, and it's because of guys like Robert Thomas and a, another guy in particular who we had the honor of interviewing on the podcast, Jordan Cairo, oh, had, had a friend of the pod. Nice. Um, so he had, he, he had a fantastic first period. Um, so I was wondering what were your initial impressions of Jordan Cairo's play and his development? I have to, I haven't really dug into that. Uh, so that's kind of stuff that I have to watch over again. So what, what did he, what was his stat line? Um, so he scored, I think, the second uh, goal on that, that the little day. The give it go. Was the he, give was he go. the one that? Little uh, number 25. He was the second goal. So he wasn't the first. The first goal was one that had the nice pass and he kind of went sliding into the boards. Yeah. Was that yes. the first goal? Yes. I'm yeah. trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the second goal now. See, it's, it's so it fresh. It was Bozak and then I think it was a, a turnover. Little, little give and go one time. Yeah. yeah. Turnover yeah. by turnover forced by Scandella at the blue line. Grubauer almost got it with his paddle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what? He's he's a, a rookie for them? Uh, Sort of. It's like a sophomore, but like he didn't play like – the entire oh, okay. season so it's one right. of our top one of our top prospects yeah and it's yeah. a sophomore okay. season and he put on 10 pounds in the off season really yeah okay no see like i'll go back and watch that uh probably tomorrow so um i'll keep an eye on him for sure yeah, yeah. All right. All right. um 
Yeah, to kind of sort of go back to what we were talking about before, like you said, the Avalanche kind of need to get back to the more their game more. And I think one of the Blues' biggest assets when they play when they have success is they force teams to play their style. Um, and I think that kind of is the case for a lot of the, the better teams in the NHL. I think it's the same way for the Avalanche. Um, mm-hmm. And the games that I remember, you know, very vividly from years past about getting, you know, like I said, blown out by the Avalanche, it's it, it, the Blues have been forced into that track meet style. So it, it's kind of like a, a game within a game, like a little bit of a chess yeah. match between, you know, no matter how how fast Nathan McKinnon is or how how scary Miko Rantanen is when he has a puck on his stick, just play your game, uh, you know, play defense, grind the puck out in the corner, don't fall for their their stretch passes, don't try to recreate it. And I think, like like you said, if the Avalanche can get to their game and sort of force the Blues to play that game, I think upper hand Avalanche. But if it's more of the same, if the Blues continue to force the Avalanche to have, you know, no time, no space and, and play more of a physical style, I think that benefits it's the blues but again that's why i think it's going to be a, a four and four split this year before we wrap this one up gotta take one more short break to give a shout out to rock auto uh with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models it is now nearly impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront plus we're in a pandemic so the last thing you want to do is Fredge all the way out to your, your local auto shop and sit there for 45 minutes while random parts get selected and you get charged exorbitant amounts of money. Nobody wants to do that anymore, especially right now. So, And you don't have to because you have access to rockauto.com at home on your computer and in your pocket on your smartphone. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, it could very well could be. And I think, you know, when the Avalanche got off to the start that they did, two quick power plays didn't score in the first one. And when they got the second one and we're not even five minutes into the game, yeah, I mean, that, that's what you want. You're, you know, on home ice, although that's who knows if that's really any benefit in this season with no fans. But, um, you know, you're, you're feeling good. That's that's how you want to start things mm-hmm. off. And it just <clears throat> was one of those games where, it, you know, the St. Louis just <clears throat> did what they had to do and uh, turn things around. But the thing with with Avalanche is the style that they play, the speed game is they're whether they are up or down, they're always right. in it because, you know, when, when they're up, other teams are going to press and they can handle that. And if they're down, they have the speed to to rail off some quick mm-hmm. goals pretty quickly. So uh, that's what's exciting about them is they're, they're never really out of it. And even as bad as they were playing, you still hold out some hope like, OK, you just, you know, if Nathan McKinnon can get ahead of steam, that's a goal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and if they if they can get a penalty somewhere, their their penalty the numbers from last year weren't right. the best, but they have so much skill on that power play that you, you know, you're feeling pretty good. And it just didn't right. happen. So whatever. It's 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 game one, you know. Yeah. Congratulations, St. Louis. And let's, let's do it again. All basically. right. So I, I have kind of a hot take, maybe some bulletin board material for the Avs oh fans if you want. Um, but um, sure. so I think Grubauer is a great person. 
But in terms, uh, in terms, in terms, in terms, I'm of, sure he's a nice guy. Okay, so yeah, I'm sure he's a great guy. But in terms of taking a team through the Stanley Cup, because with the Blues we had Jake Allen for the longest time, right? And I love Jake Allen. He's a fantastic dude, a fantastic goalie. But I think there's a stark difference between the play of Jake Allen and the play of Jordan Bennington, because Jordan Bennington obviously proved that he can put the team on his back and carry them to a Stanley Cup. And I think that's a completely different beast than just like being a good goalie um, in a system and in like the regular season and all that stuff because it's basically a marathon. Um, So Mm. I don't want to say it, but I think Grubauer is more on the lines of a Jake Allen guy than a guy that can kind of put the team on his back um, and take them all the way to a cup run. And I think that's the reason in my mind that if the Avalanche do get knocked out, it would happen in that way. And that's the reason that the Blues might have a leg up on them and Vegas might have a leg up on them is because of the goalie. Yeah. Well, first of all, when you start any sentence with, I think he's a great guy. Nothing good's coming after. (laughs) You're usually following it up with, but something about him sucks. Yeah, exactly. It might be his hockey ability. (laughs) Because if you even, if you look at that, if you look at that Kairu goal, it's like, obviously that's like a one-time like tic-tac-toe goal. And like, no goalie should be expected to save that. He's hung out to dry there. But also at the same time, I think Grubauer watched it go in the net from his back so i i don't want to say like it's his fault but like maybe he should like push off and be in a better position not lose his edge something of that nature you know what i'm saying because we saw a lot of those goals go in from jake allen it's like you can't be mad at it but also sometimes like there was a lot of games where jordan bennington definitely stole for us in the playoffs where we were just definitely outplayed outmanned all three periods and he let in like one goal and it was just absurd. So I feel like that that kind of sets people apart from other ones in terms of goalies. Yeah, I, I mean, it is the the one you know Achilles' heel, if you want to say, or liability. And I, I think the Avalanche are trying to kind of maybe like strike gold with him and kind of plucked him out of Washington when he hadn't. You know, watching him in Washington, it was almost like uh, he seems like he could be uh, an A1 goalie and let's take a chance on that. And the return on it so far is still in question. And it's mainly in question because uh, injuries. Um, he's not he he's not proven to be durable yet. And, you know, if you're not durable on a goalie, you might as well just hang it up. So um, I think they are keeping him around because his contract is running out. So I think they're going to give him, you know, uh, a one more shot at this. And they like their duo with him and Francois. So I, you know, especially for this season, you, you cannot run your goalies ragged. You, you're going to have to sub in and out a lot. Um, and they like what they have with, with Pablo Francois. And I think they're just going to use this season to use them. I don't think equally. And Jared Bednar has said, it'll probably be 60, 40 in turn in favor of Grubauer and kind of assess at the end of the year, because they have, two goalies in their their minor system um, that they're waiting for, who eventually will take over. Unless Grubauer turns the page and can finish the season healthy. Um, because the the I feel like the the athleticism is there. Um 
And he just needs to really kind of take that next step, which hasn't happened yet. And after this year, if it still hasn't happened, I think. No, I, I, I mean, and, and again, I don't think we have a whole lot of a right to talk because we won the Stanley Cup on the back of a goalie who probably we hadn't even heard of a month before he made his debut on the team. So, <laughs> and now we have who? Right. So, so I, I mean, <laughs> I think goalies are really weird, uh, like personality-wise and also consistency-wise. Um, yeah. So. A guy like Grubauer can absolutely win a Stanley Cup. I think any goalie in the NHL is capable of winning a Stanley Cup if you kind of go off of the basis of goaltending is is a lot more mental than you might think. Um, it's just a matter of can the Avalanche kind of get a system down consistently enough for him to build that confidence and, and build that trust in his team uh, necessary for him to to kind of maybe he maybe yeah. he lets in a stinker here and there, but I think for the most part, if you're playing consistently as a team and the goaltender is the last line of defense, as a result, the goaltender is kind of the last guy you got to worry about. You know, if, if yeah. everything else is going right, then you shouldn't have to worry about it. And I think Grubauer is definitely uh, a good enough goalie to win a Stanley Cup in that way. But like Tommy said, I don't think he's capable of sort of you know carry Price uh, carrying carrying you, carrying you through a bunch of rounds. So I think it's a matter of if the rest of the team can get it figured out, I, I think Grubauer is a Stanley Cup winning goalie, but I don't think he can be – I don't think he's a, a reason you're going to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I think with the Avalanche, uh, at the end of the year, what they're going to look at is, all right, where where did we stand in the standings uh, You know, offensively? Which, you know, they, they should be in, towards the top. And then, you know – cross-reference that with his stats Mm -hmm. and if you are in the top three in the league and scoring and he's in like the bottom third for goalie stats there's your problem it's pretty easy to solve so uh i think they're taking the the chance on uh their offense outscoring people and I, I am the type of guy that buys into defense, defense wins championships mm-hmm. mentality. Uh, so they're going kind of against that a little right. bit. I think they, they have faith in him, but um, they, they are really putting their eggs in the basket of uh, just don't let up, let's say, four yeah. goals maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a shot. So mm-hmm. um it's risky, but I think they're going to ride it out for the season and see what happens. Right, well, and then, I look forward and to yeah. many future matchups. I'm sure we'll, oh, it's we'll gonna be, be fun. popping on each other's podcasts throughout the season. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's all we, uh, we, I think that's all we got time for. Of course, this flew by. I don't know. I mean, you got right. anything else to add? Anything else you want to you wanna mention, Chris, before we wrap this one up? I love St. Louis Blues fans is all I really want to there say. There you go. Like, you gotta, like, gotta appreciate that passion. Go. He's right? saving face. <laughs> Even yeah. if it's coming after you. <laughs> Hopefully people didn't tune out at the beginning. No, I did have some good hockey conversations with, with some of the people uh, that follow you guys. And that, that's what I like. You know, I'm, I'm not – an avalanche fan that means i hate everybody else like you know I, i'm a new yorker so you know I, I i i like the rangers too so it's not like i'm just avalanche and everything else around the league is terrible uh when the blues were in the stanley cup final i was rooting hard for me them too. trust me no way yeah yeah same <laughs> <laughs> i think that's fair though. and obviously like the avalanche are very like you talked about they don't really uh, Cater is more to the defensive side of the puck, but uh, the, like Blues are definitely more of a defensive system. But watch, watching the Avalanche I was just going to say, so I took the words out of my mouth. I think the Avalanche If they make probably, it to the Cup and the Blues yeah. don't, I'll probably root for them too. 
even though I despise Stan Kroenke. <laughs> well, and like you guys were saying, like you, you feel like, you know, St. Louis has kind of been getting like the shaft in, in terms of like notoriety and stuff like that going into the season. And I think the reason Avalanche fans are so like gung ho is because they're in yep. that boat yep. all the time. It's a small market when it comes to hockey in Colorado. And the fact that they have a, a dynamic team is really, really exciting mm-hmm. for the fan base. So what I'm hearing is let's truce together, kind of, unless we're playing each other, and just yes. take down Vegas because they have a huge market. I am and, all on and we'll board be happy. That. I'm on board. All right, bet. And they, and they, and they, and they took our took our boy. <laughs> oh god, I uh, took our boy. Remind me. <laughs> yeah, right. we're gonna have to take down right. those giants I, for sure. I, I, you, you heard, the, right, the, the truce has been formed. Um, I look yes. forward to many. No, but like Tom was saying, I think the Avalanche might be the most fun team to watch in the league. And if they were in the Blues They're division, excited. I would be watching them every single time they played and rooting for them. But because yes. I want to win the most fun, yeah, most because fun I want to sure. win the division, especially if we knock because I want to win the division, well, I will always we, root for the Avs to be at least one point behind the Blues. But okay. other than that, <laughs> okay, that's right. But we can at least agree on that. You know, the Avalanche and the Blues pretty much have the best retro uniforms. Duh. Uh, easily, in my opinion, easily, a hundred percent. I love the blues ones, man. Dude, the abs, uh, the abs are so nice. The reverse yeah. retros yes. are so nice. Yes. Uh, what what they were wearing the other night, I don't really know what that was, but the reverse retros are very nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the blues. I, I love their what they did with their reverse yeah. retro. So. Me, that, that's kind of a it's kind of split down the middle of the blue hate it. Is it really? don't like the red but uh, all everyone yeah, our age loves there's, it. there's no one really. that's just like yeah they're okay you either like these are yeah it's like an like, age limit there's a drop it's like a cliff. either like these are the greatest jerseys of all time i want to paint my walls in the same style or you are or you're on the, t- the yeah. boat of i hate these burn every single one of them i never want really yeah, LeBron James style. Really, I love them. Uh, as I do love we. Them. As do we. No. Maybe they're coming out with them on, uh, on the yeah, Friday. Game. I, I, I don't know. Totally, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I forgot not forgot about the reverse retros, but I forgot that we're gonna see those on ice pretty soon. Because yeah. like they came out yeah. so long it ago. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be a powerhouse Ooh. of unis. Oh, and sure. they're red and white Ooh. too, so sure. you could you could do the home in the away. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I did. I did the tier maker actually for the reverse retros, all of them, and I put uh, I put both teams in the S tier. So good, good, good. Top notch. I, I would definitely agree. As long as Minnesota's in the bottom, because those, those are god awful. Yeah, those are brutal. There's a lot of brutal. Dallas also, their like logos white. How are you even supposed to see that I don't know. <laughs> on a white jersey on white ice? That's that one. That one this was a head a, Yeah, this has been fun. Um, I'm sure this will will be far Absolutely. from the last time we speak. Um, chemistry was on point, so we'll definitely be we'll definitely be reconvening after Let's, future games. Um, I would be yeah. Definitely thanks down so for much that. for for taking the time to chat with us right. um, and, cl- and clearing yeah. your name to, to Blues fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, we'll we'll keep the trash talk going on Twitter, but it's nice. I mean, to know. that's what it's. It's nice for. to put a voice behind. Yeah, it's nice to put a voice behind it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Blues fans right. can kind of yeah. know who they're talking to. That's what social media is there for. I mean, we yeah. just don't get yeah. kicked off. Uh, you wanna you wanna shout anything yeah. out before we wrap this one up? See. If he's- uh yeah i mean well i was gonna throw out my twitter handle but i think all of your listeners know exactly <laughs> what it is but, um uh, lopn underscore avalanche and um i also host the locked on nhl show every thursday with uh adam denker who hosts locked on mm-hmm. lightning and thursdays are reserved for mailbag so um if you guys follow Locked On NHL, you'll see the graphic go up. And if there's any questions you got, Adam and I will answer them awesome. on Thursdays. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, you heard the man. And put All in right. some mailbag yeah, so, questions. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Blues. Oh, and and TikTok. I always forget that one. Um, follow Chris, like he said. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at T Welsher fifteen. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, so you never miss a new upload. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.